0: What's up everybody and welcome back. This is not the final cut. I'm your host Greg Susi. Here with my cousin and my co-host Sam Brown. So good to see you again, Sam. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, you know. Just started work, so real life is uh kicking in here after the you know graduation and then the uh the awesome cross country trip. So we've uh been doing that for like 2 weeks now. It's a, it's pretty good, you know get up a little earlier than I'm used to, but that all comes with, with time. So yeah. How was, uh, how was vacation though?
1: Uh, it was great. Uh, we went to St. Louis. I've never been to St. Louis before. It's a very nice city. Uh, and then we did a lot of the, um, distilleries on the bourbon trail in Kentucky. That that was very nice too. Nice, Nice. My favorite one was, uh, the Woodford reserve distillery. I, it's a beautiful, like grounds and a really cool place.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, I actually, I've had Woodford. I really like, um, I really like it. Um, did you, uh, you guys did Buffalo
1: Trace too, right? Yes, we did, did the you? like, um, wasn't, it wasn't the botanical tour. That's not what it was called. But that's basically what it was where it took us up near like a uh, historic house on the property. And they talked about a lot of the plants and then they did the like bourbon stuff after. So, yeah, that's awesome. It was cool
0: yeah that's really really cool i've not been to say i've i've been to a few in uh louisville that was mm-hmm. pretty cool but yeah that's awesome but you're back now it's good you finally got got out to see the the movie on review today yes. um i was waiting for that for a little bit and then obviously i got stuck you know because i was starting work and everything but we are back now uh, hopefully now officially officially consistent um because my, I mean, my schedule in life is pretty predictable at this point. You
1: know, get Mine, up and yeah. then come
0: home. I'm, so. I'm
1: fairly open.
0: So, yeah. All right. But on that note, have you been watching anything besides our movie of the review today, Top Gun Maverick? Anything besides that, that you've been watching?
1: Uh, I have seen a couple movies recently. Uh, a week ago, about I watched Windfall on Netflix with. Jason Segel and Jesse Plemons and Lily Collins, I believe is her name, Phil Collins' daughter. Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I saw Everywhere Everything. No, excuse me. Everything Everywhere All at Once, and I think it's a good movie. Uh, I don't know about. I don't know about all the stuff that everyone else. I, it's what I expected it to be. I'm familiar with the directors. I like their short films more than their feature length films. It's good though, like it's obviously good.
0: Yeah, you heard me hyping that up here yeah. on the podcast a couple times. I think I didn't I I texted you, and I was like, "It's a perfect movie."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> uh, I rewatched Dune from last year. I think that's a very good movie. And then today I watched a 1970s uh, like supernatural folk horror called The Blood on Satan's Claw. That was pretty cool what was the one before that was there one before uh, that i,
0: think I oh okay gotcha yeah i think i just missed that you cut out for a second oh my bad um yeah cool i actually when at the point where i was telling you to go see maverick like when we were texting that one week it was like i think a week ago or a week and a half i uh i was on a movie theater tear like right before i started work i was like i don't know what to do so i'm just going to the movies a bunch um i saw with my buddy we went and saw maverick and then black phone i, know, I have you seen, seen like, that
1: yet i'm excited for that it's
0: though. really good it's like it's a realistic and believable story right like with like thriller just like crime thriller but mm-hmm. the supernatural element that is in there is very um subtle it, it, it's, not, it's not subtle it's like the main plot point is like supernatural yeah. but it's something that's not over the top when you're watching it if that makes sense it's yeah. really
1: simple it's a simple supernatural
0: like additive to the larger story
1: yeah, so I know that the uh, the story was written by Joe, uh, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. And a lot of Stephen King stuff, I think, also has that where it's like there's the supernatural stuff and there's also real, like, gritty, like, real-life horror in them, too. Yeah, like,
0: it's grounded in reality and it has, like, supernatural yeah. elements is, what I, is the way i meant to put it. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And I, th- I, think, I think it's funny, earlier we said Ethan Hawke, like, been busy on like Mm -hmm. another episode or something there is again like dude's doing so many projects but yeah then i saw the new thor movie which we'll get i guess we could probably review that on another one i actually have an idea for when we can review that but i don't know if you've seen it yet
1: i have have yeah i will at some point but i've heard interesting things about it
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm at liberty right now off of my first watch of it in the theater just call it hot ass i like i (laughs) I believe I, that was one thing I texted someone. Another thing I texted someone was proper taint. I, I like, believe I, you sent me that. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I didn't like much of anything about it except one scene that I thought they should have done the whole movie that way. And we'll we'll talk about that when we review it, obviously. But so yeah, not, not loving Thor, love and Thunder. But amidst all that, I did like a rewatch of when Harry met Sally, um, and I just rewatched the Hurt Locker because I don't I don't ever seen that like one or two times and i love the hurt locker
1: so yeah that, yeah that's nice.
0: it for me i'll try to get to the theater and see some some other stuff that's come out i mean there's been really good movies coming out and being thrown to streaming platforms as of late so i definitely want to want to check out some more of those as we get get moving here um but yeah getting into the the first little segment here top gun maverick i know i, I texted you after you saw it and i was like dude what'd you think because i was like i i obviously i haven't said anything to you yet but I'm over the top about this movie. So any, anytime someone told me they watched it, I immediately texted them and was like, what'd you think? Would you like, How, how'd you like it? Uh, have you seen the original? Did you not see the original? Like all this stuff. And you just hit me with the, you'll have to wait and see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause I, I'm, I'm interested to see your reaction to my reaction.
0: Okay. And so in, to recap for, and especially if anyone hasn't seen our, or excuse me, seen, heard our first episode where we watched Top Gun and reviewed that, you know, before this movie, like, kind of when all the hype was going on for it. I obviously liked the first one a little bit more than you. Like, I like we both had similar critiques, I think. Mm-hmm. I obviously was, a, like, I'd probably rate it a little higher than you
1: did. But I think it's not, a it's a bad movie that is watchable with friends, is what I would call it. Okay. My and so. Yeah, and, I,
0: and, I, yeah, and I, I mean, I found it, like, good and entertaining, but nothing, like, that I agree is, like deep or critically insane but it was just i love watching it but this one is a much better movie in my opinion i think this movie was phenomenal start to finish
1: so i will say i agree it's a much better movie okay a lot of the responses i've seen from people i don't i wouldn't go as far as they go i think it's similar to uh my beliefs on uh, everything everywhere all at once where i think it's fine i think it's an okay movie
0: well <laughs> oh, you're killing me you're you just took my top one and two movies of the year easily no contest and said yeah they're fine that's a dagger in my heart oh my god i gosh. believe
1: i have in my current top 10 of the year i have them sitting at somewhere around four to six <laughs> so off that's
0: rough, that's rough. All right, so we've now stated our positions. Now we can start um, breaking this down a little bit. I think I want to start on one point that's not so much story related because it's something that we were stuck on a little bit last time about how the replaying of Take My Breath Away Mm -hmm. and Danger Zone in the first one and how both of us, I think, had never heard songs reused like that before. Yeah. Right? This one... First off, same beautiful score that I love. Like I listened to that music and I can't help but feel like victorious is the word I would use. I love that score and I love that they used it almost exactly the same in this movie. Also, Lady Gaga's song, Hold My Hand is amazing. I have been listening to that thing on repeat because she destroys it. It's a great song. And I, I thought it was cool that rather than do what they did in the first one and replay it over and over again, you hear it only once in the, in the film, but in some of the instrumental soundtrack, like scores, you hear the same like chords and beats from that song woven through it. And I think that's really cool. And that's an mm-hmm. addition that made this movie a lot better.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not super familiar with the song. So I don't know if this is exactly the same, but you mentioned that you watched Stranger Things when it came out, right? Yes uh stranger things with uh running up the hill they kind of interpolated the excuse me if i'm misusing that term i believe that's the right (laughs) word interpolated the like wamp 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 of running up the hill into um like max's theme for the rest of the show with the score is it like that exactly like yeah there's
0: times in the score that you just you hear the chorus of hold my hand in the instruments. And you should go listen to "Hold My Hand." Like it's a, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: that and then One Republic song was also really good. I don't want to leave that out. But that's that's what I had to say on music because we did have a really kind of bigger discussion on music when we talked about the first one.
1: Was um, uh, the One Republic song the needle drop during the football scene? Yeah, yeah. I hated that song.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. I just want that's, to put
1: that out there.
0: It's no, no. That's also I had a feeling you are going to say that because it's not your. Type of music I love, yeah. I love One Republic. Like I've been to their concert. They're, like I'm a big One Republic guy. So that song was really good in my opinion. But yeah, that's not something like s- some super poppy track. I sh- I would never be like, oh yeah, Sam would like this. Yeah, <laughs> poppy all over the radio is just like the anti you.
1: Yeah, I uh, with the movie, I don't have uh, a whole lot of thoughts. I think most of it is. I keep saying this in, in this podcast, but it's kind of what I expected, what I thought it was going to be, uh, which even though I feel like this is certainly an above average, even to, I would say, good movie, it was never going to be for me. It was never going to be the, the movie that like, it was never going to move the needle for me, so to speak. I don't know. It, I just don't have very many strong opinions at all about it. <laughs>
0: Dang, well, I, I can take, take over a lot of the breakdown then. I mean, I, there's pl- getting in now from moving from music to more of the story. There's plot points that I loved um, and things that I think were really important. Uh, for one thing, the fact that him and Ice are best friends. Mm-hmm. And that that's like that. kind of why he's still in the position that he's in. Because he is like, you know, he's Maverick. He's like that word I'm looking for, like rebellious, you know, person. Mm-hmm. That's not great for like the military, but he's got ice like, you know, watching his back. I think that's pretty important. But also, the fact that Rooster was mad at him not for, like, quote, killing his dad, but instead for pulling his papers was really like, it's a very small thing, but it's really important that that's not what he was like mad at him for, was the thing with his dad. Because for one thing, he's supposed to be one of the top, what, 1% pilots in the Navy. Yeah, he would he would know that that was an accident if he read the report or this or that. And it created a better dynamic for them that he was trying to look out for. I think that opened up a lot. That small detail. Yeah, so that was good. I thought the comedy was good. We talked about like lines, you know, that are memorable. Like Yeah, the crap, the crash of like, or he comes and gets him and he goes,
2: what were you thinking? You told me not
0: to think like those scenes like that. Like I was cracking up at some of the dialogue, to be quite honest.
1: Really quick, in terms of lines that uh, that stuck with me, I, I think, again, this one, it was kind of like the original where it's ones that I don't know if they were supposed to be memorable. Like for the first one, it was the I was inverted. That line is hilarious to me. And this one at the beginning of the movie, uh, I believe it was Ed Harris's character says, you got some balls, stick jockey. And that's the funniest line I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, it made me laugh so hard
0: yeah i thought i honestly thought ed harris was gonna be in this movie for a lot longer than he was mm-hmm. he was in like that opening scene
1: and then i think he comes back for like one scene towards the end yeah but yeah that is that's a good one too
2: you got some ball stick chunky
1: so ridiculous <laughs>
0: um but yeah so the comedy was good i think the love story was better in this one than the original Would agree. you agree yes okay I think that was a popular opinion that the Mm -hmm. love story was better. I think they had way better chemistry, uh, him and Jennifer Connelly than Kelly McGillis. I also like that they used Penny Benjamin, who's mentioned twice in the first one. If you didn't, if you don't know that uh, any listeners out there, she's mentioned that like he went ballistic with Penny Benjamin and like some admiral's daughter that he hooked up with. It was, it's mentioned twice. Um, I think that's a cool thing to use a callback um and yeah the way it was shot was obviously better i know we had some complaints about the typical 80s 80s romance shots
1: yeah and we talked about the last one anything else I to think, say about that i was gonna say i think the um like playing stuff is shot really well unfortunately as i mentioned uh whenever we did the last episode i it just plain stuff in movies has never like held my my i, I don't get thrilled by plane stuff for whatever reason it it was a thing with dunkirk was it dunkirk yeah dunkirk where the plane parts are kind of my least favorite part of the movie because i just i don't know i don't think there is a way that plane stuff can be shot in movies that interests me i don't it's something it's my problem
0: yeah i yeah because i totally disagree with you on that i mean that to me i was saving that for last like oh all God. the stuff that this cast went through to make this film, with all you know the real G's, everything they like the train the naval training they went through, the Tom Cruise like made them go through to make sure they yeah. could pull eight nine G's like in a jet with real pilots was awesome, and then to have just real jets flying right next to them with cameras, to like to me I felt. Sitting in my seat, hearing the sounds and like the movie theater sounds are so intense, they're like reverberating through your seat. Like, I almost felt like I was on the freaking plane. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, yeah. I mean, I think shooting that the way they did was really authentic and just it made a difference that they did that. And it wasn't yeah. like CG or anything, like, you know, faked. I,
1: I, that's one of the reasons at the beginning I said it was the movie was never gonna be for me, is because I think it's shot undeniably well. It just that I that's never gonna move me, plain right. stuff, and a, okay. especially a movie entirely about plain stuff. I it's never gonna be my thing,
0: yeah. And that's, I mean, that's fair if it's a genre thing or like a style thing, then there's no way around it. But yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. And that that really made a difference, mm. I think, for me. And I don't know if they did that for the first one, too, or not at least not to the same degree or same extent. Um, it
1: seemed different enough that it was notice noticeable to me that I was like, this is shot much better. Yeah. Like in, in the air.
0: And then there was just like, because of that, some Epic scenes. I mean, when he does, when he does the run, um, uh, whenever they're, they're coming out of the thing, like the, they have to do that hard move, like scale that cliff when they come out of taking the shot, there's just so many times that you're just like holding your breath. And I think the like plot wise, I'm glad now spoiler, obviously spoiler alerts here. We didn't really say at the beginning, but definitely a big spoiler alert here. I like that. They subverted my expectations. I would have been, I think for a movie, maybe plot wise, like Maverick dying would have been poetic, but they also set it, they set it up so much that then that would have been political or predictable. Uh, (laughs) It would have been predictable. So I don't know. If that would have been better than just because of how much they set it up, but I was glad that I I was predicting five six things and none of them happened.
1: I mean, yeah, this may be because it's a. Do you know the runtime? Uh, two eleven. Okay, so it's not like a super long. Th- I'm not. Week, but I'm not. I'm
0: not sure, I'm not sure of that. I mean, it's a little over two. It, I it, think though.
1: Uh, it's certainly longer than original Topcon. and it may be because I I might have been starting to lose interest towards the end, but the uh climax when they're spoilers again they're not in the plane uh him and miles teller was his name rooster him and rooster that felt weirdly paced to me it like it was going really fast and then it started to go slow for a second and then the pacing picked up really fast again and that just I don't know, threw me for a loop i don't know if that was a me thing or if that was the movie but
0: yeah i mean it was like a, definitely like a double peaked climax yeah. climax I mean, it didn't follow standard form for sure. Um, there was a a couple apex moments in that. But yeah, I mean, all in all, I loved it. I came out with a huge smile on my face. I was like, that was epic. And of course, because the score plays at the end and you're like, like I said, you feel victorious. I feel like I won something. I was like, cool, <laughs> this is great.
1: Yeah, I, I do want to want to reiterate that I think this is, an above average movie i think the original top gun is not a good movie i I do think this is a fine movie like an above average movie whereas the original top gun i think was bad just neither of them are going to be for me
0: right that's fair um but yeah all in all how do you feel about like um, not rotten tomatoes imdb 8.6
1: i mean probably fair i would give it like a six and a half i don't know
0: there you have it. I mean, Sam says it's not necessarily for him. If you want to know if it's for you, go watch it. I mean, I think at this point people should have seen this otherwise they're waiting for DVD. I mean, still yeah. I would go I think it's going to be better in the theater just cuz of all the plain stuff that maybe you're like indifferent to but like it, it it's 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 more involved if you're in the theater and the sounds are bigger. Um unless you have some sweet at-home system. <laughs> but Yeah. I loved it. And that's that's all I had to say on it. Was I thought it was a pretty um, a complete movie. It'll make you feel like you you leave the theater with a smile on your face. This cast went through hell to get ready for it. I mean, they shot this was supposed to come out before COVID, yeah. And then COVID really slowed everything down. They just they said we'll wait. You know, it's worth it. And I think they were totally right in waiting until theaters were back and people were ready to go to theaters to see this because it was it was an experience. Yeah. All right, that does it for Top Gun Maverick. Um, I think we're going to move into some news here before we get on to that main segment afterwards. So let's switch it on over. Moving on here, we got some news. It was a big news week, but not a varietal news week, at least for me, because to me, all the movie news that I saw was Marvel, 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 Marvel,
1: Marvel, Marvel,
0: which honestly was cool because I'm a Marvel fan, but um, it was just interesting that... We just had, like we just talked about how Marvel's kind of content pushing like crazy and it was just a huge release week for them. So I'll let you kick it off.
1: Well, uh, the, I have a similar situation where it's mostly Marvel. So I'll start with the one thing I have that is not Marvel. Uh, Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, uh, opened pretty well with a, I believe a $44 million opening weekend. So uh I believe it's a rated R. Horror movie. That's fairly good for a for you know a movie that's not suitable for all audiences. Forty four million is a pretty pretty decent opening weekend, and yeah, I liked Jordan reveal. So,
0: same. I'm excited. I remember I watched us actually for the first time with you at your house. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. That was, that was fun. But I'm I'm excited to see Nope. Um, but yeah, so we got two Avengers movies announced in one year. We have the Kang Dynasty and secret wars which should be pretty cool i mean i think there was also a poster for kang's or for the kang dynasty movie um so yeah i'm i'm excited for that and then i'll just throw it right on top because i have some thoughts on this one the black panther wakanda forever trailer i'm sure you saw that as well
1: i I saw the trailer came out i have not seen the trailer yet
0: yeah it looks honestly looks good i've
1: after we lost Chadwick, I
0: was not sure how this was gonna go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks really good. I'm excited. I, there's my only hope is that they absolutely do a banger tribute for him because I like I loved Chadwick Boseman. He was one of my favorite actors like that
2: age yeah. like generation. So
1: yeah, uh, it it sucks that Chadwick Boseman can't be you know black panther moving forward uh did you watch the trailer i did do you are they does it appear like they're going with like a more ensemble thing or are they leaning into leticia Wright being the main character
0: so it's interesting because for the first like two minutes and 30 seconds of like a two minute and 35 second trailer it all seems pretty ensemble everyone's got a role to play we're mourning him you know there's stuff going on but then like the last shot is like someone in the suit mm-hmm. so i don't know how it's gonna really shake out with like under the full run time when you're watching the movie but the trailer does seem maybe like a little bit of both
1: uh, yeah okay i don't know uh, I also heard that the, the they are doing Namor, which is cool. Namor is supposedly a very cool character. I don't know anything about him. but
0: Okay. Yeah, the comic book stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, um, we're going to have Jack on in a few minutes. He'll probably be able to talk about that if we want him to.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the thing I wanted to mention pretty specifically with Marvel was, I believe they gave a release date to Blade, which is... The thing I'm probably looking forward to the most in the Marvel like upcoming slate, uh, I believe, if I'm not misremembering, it said like November 2024. I that could be wrong, but it's in a couple of years. It's not coming out soon, but still, it's nice to know that they have a release date at least. I like Mahershala Ali. I like the character of Blade. I kind of hope they do a more like horrific, kind of kind of scary, like version of it i think that'd be cool i just want to mention that that's the one that i'm looking forward to the most
0: yeah no that would definitely uh be neat if they did what you said there um but yeah then i saw the she hulk trailer which teased daredevil and like the new daredevil series i assume is how uh i didn't love the the yellow suit deal yeah i just i really loved that netflix series it was a blast for me to watch that at school with like a bunch of buddies who already saw it and they were like watching me watch it Mm -hmm. um i hope they keep keep it darker and you know more serious i think disney plus it you know because he i mean it's a different kind of story and it just has to be told that way you gotta keep him
1: from my understanding of the character it is like a darker character as well like you know marvel marvel's made the, the quips its its personality but i don't know if you can lean into that with daredevil really
0: yeah no so that's uh, she Hulk just looks fine. I mean, like I'm not super amped or anything about She Hulk, but um, yeah. Anything with Daredevil though, I I love seeing him in it. Like whenever he came into No Way Home, yeah, that was that was epic.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm a re- <laughs> how'd you do that? I'm a really good lawyer.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that's most of what I have. Other than just like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out too, and you know. Yeah, notable movies. Yeah, they
0: like, really they, news. They, yeah, they, just, they just announced so much that's coming out. If you want full details, just go to like I think Comic Con has a website right or like and, yeah. then, and they'll probably they'll be even announcing more once uh, D23 rolls around too because I think they save yeah. a lot of stuff, more of the bigger stuff for that. Um D23 is like you know Marvel's kind of what Disney's chosen to be their feature announcements of those things on yeah. top of Disney Parks stuff. But Uh, One last thing that I just saw when I was watching Netflix earlier, The Gray Man did officially come out and that is on Netflix to be watched now. I'm excited for that movie. I mean, it's a cast that I like. It seems cool, action packed. Um, Yeah. That's definitely going to be up next on my like
1: recent watching that we, we get to. Mm -hmm. Uh, My, my brother and my parents are downstairs watching it right now. (laughs) Oh, I pulled you away from that. No, I, I wasn't. I didn't I didn't feel like watching anything tonight. I wasn't gonna watch it anyway. Gotcha. But I just thought it's funny yeah. you brought it up because they they are watching, watching it, it currently. It. Yeah.
0: Maybe I'll shoot politics, see what he thinks afterwards. Yeah. Um thing, yeah, because we could have had him on actually for this drag. He probably like doing this uh, little main segment we have coming up here. So yeah, all right. But yeah, I think that does it for my news. Um just yeah, gray man was the last one. All right, so getting into our main segment here, we got two guests on today: um, Jack Lindquist and Tyler Hayden. Tyler, you've been on before. Jack's a newbie. Welcome on, guys. What's going on? Thank you for having me back. Oh, of course, Tyler. Tyler, you provide far too much entertainment not to have you back. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> As the, uh, you know, the the biggest loser of the the trivia episode, one of them at least, or er, both, one.
2: I think both. I mean,
0: it's stacked. Connor by- Griffin, get the shaft.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. And Jack, first time for you. Are you excited? I guess
3: so. Yes, first
0: I am. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> um, Short time listener, first time caller. Atta boy. Atta boy. I've got some ideas for sure. Right. So, uh, yeah, we just, I-, I typically ask a question, but I mean, I know you both pretty well. The listeners don't, but. Instead of doing my usual question, uh, me and Sam just got done reviewing Top Gun Maverick. I know you both saw it. Um, I just want to get your thoughts to add into the review the review segment because, I mean, I loved it, as we- I just told Sam.
3: Yeah, I uh, I wasn't a huge Top Gun fan going into the movie, but so my hopes were pretty, um, I guess, average, not really anything spectacular going into it. And I really couldn't how much I loved it by the end of it. And the fact that it was so different from the original, and in my opinion, a massive step up, step up from the original, uh, I was extremely pleasantly surprised and ended up seeing it three times in theaters. So, yeah, at three, yeah, I yeah. forgot you went,
0: you went multiple times. Tyler, I mean, I know I, I saw you at Arts Fest, and the first thing you did was play the, the, the soundtrack.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I watched, yeah, Top Gun with my dad when i was a kid because it was one of his favorite movies um and i saw maverick in theaters and the thing that i remember is just the shots of the jets i don't think i've seen anything as sick as all of the movement you know up the incline through the past that was amazing and then the soundtrack i fell in love with after i saw the movie so i would just listen to that on repeat the same three anthems
0: same same it's so just lady funny gaga slaps. yeah lady gaga song slaps i said i said all this with sam but it's funny you guys say that because sam was like indifferent toward it sam you can give them your little piece real
1: quick just like reiterate so it, the original top top gun i feel is a fun movie to watch with friends but technically bad movie in my opinion um but this one i think i recognize that it's like, well-made in a lot of places, but it's just not for me, and the one place especially was uh, the scenes of the the planes, the filming of the planes. I could recognize that it was filmed well, but for whatever reason, plane stuff in movies doesn't move me. I don't know like why. F- like
0: I, ever, not just Top yeah. Gun. Well,
1: I, I mentioned in that. the review that in Dunkirk, the plane stuff is, like, my least favorite part of the movie, because I just, I don't know, plane stuff doesn't resonate with me.
0: Yeah, Jack. That's totally different than like Sam's take. Cause like plane stuff doesn't hit with him. It's exact opposite of what you told me about like your uncle and everybody. Cause like your
3: family. Right. Yeah, my uncle and a lot of my family members flew in the navy, so mm-hmm. the movie hit hit home pretty uh pretty substantially. And even the um the the plane that did that they showed with a big disc on top, uh, showing as recon. Uh, my cousin, she actually that's what he flies on now. Mm-hmm. She deployed six. and she does everything like they show inside. I was uh I had to sit in the cockpit of that
1: plane. So oh, that's cool.
3: So a lot and a lot of that movie is really realistic, like the a lot of like the protocols. It was the one thing I know that was um the most unrealistic. Um, outside of Tom Cruise being a 60-year-old fighter pilot when he was on the <laughs> elevator going up. <laughs> when he was on the elevator going up uh with the plane, uh no one on the ships do that. It's considered a safe hazard, I guess. So the scene going up that lift with the plane that just, there's never people on those lifts. So that, and that's such a small, uh, like really insignificant thing that really. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, in the grand scheme of that movie, it's that's nothing. I mean, all the um, actors and
3: actresses had to get their own pilot licenses and they had yeah. on in flight, which is pretty crazy that they were actually flying. Yeah, we mentioned,
0: we so, mentioned the, uh, the, the naval training course and everything. Yeah, I guess. But- oh,
3: another funny story about that. Um, <laughs> I, my uh, cousin's husband, who is also who flies those planes, they said he was out uh, where they were training uh, when the actors were training for the movie and learning how to fly. He was out on the naval base he was stationed on. And um, a lot of the people there, uh, a lot of the people in the Navy, they were really confused on who all the beautiful uh, ripped people were it was so un- because they're like it's just that's just not what it's you look like <laughs> shredded and gorgeous in order to um fly planes you just need to legitimately just know how to fly like be good at flying yeah planes.
0: right
2: you don't need to be shredded and gorgeous
0: <laughs> oh yeah but so it is draft day this is exciting i think we uh we mentioned this a couple times sam this was a, a brainchild from the start of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It was one of the first ideas I think we mentioned to each other. Yeah. And then we've been waiting on it.
0: It's a shame Connor Griffin is not on. I know I, I texted him a while back about it. He's he's busy doing barstool things in New York. Um, but yeah, we got Jack on. We got Tyler back and it's draft day. You have plans? Who's, you guys have stuff jotted down at least? I have a
3: little bit jotted down. Same. I have a couple things. Okay. No, mine's pretty detailed, actually. I have, uh, I've got some. Okay. Yeah, I
0: definitely am not as prepared as the rest of you, I don't think. But just to explain this to the listeners, um, we're going to be drafting Snake style. I'm, I think we'll just go around the order I guess that I see you guys on my screen. Um, but, but We're going to be drafting. In this order, I think we should do it. A genre, a director, an A-list actor, a B-list actor, a composer, then another A-list, and another B-list. Fair enough. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me. And we're, and we're going to do it snake draft style. Serpentine,
1: yeah.
0: Serpentine. And then I guess at the, at the, the plan is at the end to, uh you know, just – state our little imdb synopsis of what we got or like what our vision for this movie is going to be you know whether in full or in short we can decide in the moment what we want to do with that but all right let's see who's who gets picked stolen um for first pick let's go like i'm thinking of a number between one and ten tyler give me a number three jack number nine sam number one okay it was seven oh. all right so jack you go first then we're gonna i'll just go uh clockwise around the screen so then it goes up to sam over to me down to tyler and then around like the, the, the clock so jack
3: genre you're on the t- the
0: 2022 not the final cut draft you're team lindquist
3: okay Uh, I guess this is kind of lumped into one uh, genre, but a psychological crime thriller type. I mean, they kind of fall into the same category, but psychological Shit!
0: Right out of the gate, the guy takes my genre. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's exactly where I was going. So it's time to uh, do what I was not prepared to do and completely adjust. All right, Sam, genre.
1: I'm the number two uh how specific should i go
0: um specific enough that it's a genre <laughs> i don't know okay.
1: like okay i'll say i'll say full core
0: full core okay Yeah. so there's other horror that could be used i suppose
1: yeah because i don't want to take right. an entire horror genre that seems like too much
0: yeah so jack you said you took you took crime thriller
1: Yeah, like, kind of
3: same style as, like, The Departed or, um, like, Prisoners and stuff, that kind of, uh, like, those are definitely lumped under Psychological Thriller, but also more on the Crime Thriller. So, I guess, I mean, I would say it's fair to keep going with Psychological Thriller if it's more of, like, you're talking, like, Arrival or uh, a movie like that. It's just
2: Just sci-fi type stuff.
3: Yeah, like, yeah, mine's mine's a pretty, like, mine's, mine is, like like, the Grounded. Uh, realm like that, so like yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was <laughs> going psych, I was going psychological. I mean, psychological was mine. Oh, I mean, that's so yeah, like mine is definitely psychological. It's just the crime sub uh, subset of that. Okay,
0: all right, I can't do that then. So I'm gonna completely <laughs> shift gears, uh, um and I'm gonna go.
2: I know you want enemies.
0: What'd you say, Jack, uh, Tyler?
2: You should pick animated.
0: Oh hell no! All <laughs> right, He um, said an anime. So since Jack, you stole my psychological thriller from me, I'm gonna say just straight drama. And I now have to completely audible almost every other pick. <laughs> Tyler, oh, it's over to uh, you, buddy. Um. Hold on, do we, have a, do we have a guess what this kid's picking?
2: <laughs> I want to do rom-com so bad, but I think... I know. <laughs> I'm going to... Can I just pick comedy, like light comedy? Yeah, you can take comedy. We'll do that. Something hard. All right.
0: Ah, Jack, you crushed me. I do. Did you crush me? All right, so t- Tyler, it's back
2: to you then for director. Ooh, I'm really excited for this one. Um, I think her name is Sean Hader. She's the director for CODA. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think she- she'll do well for a little bit of comedy. So I'm going to pick her.
0: Yes, actually, Sam, I totally forgot to mention that when we did our like, what did we watch recently? I watched Coda and it's, it's
3: really good. Jack,
0: yeah. have you seen Coda? Sam, you seen Coda?
3: I have not. Yeah. I watched it uh, at school with. Uh... Uh,
0: that's right. Um, so yeah, Sam, watch, watch Coda. Okay. I did. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, I would add that one to the list cause that was really good. Um, so now for drama, who do I want to get
3: straight? Wasn't Tyler up? Oh
0: no, Tyler just said he just it. went. He just he just picked the director, Coda, for his comedy. Uh, which is actually Ty that's a great pick because she yeah, did physical done. com she uh physical comedy like really well. Yeah. With, like the dad, like I think the dad was able to execute that night, but I'm sure there was like a
2: lot of directorial notes there. And it didn't lose any of the um, impact or meaning of school.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would, I'm between two. I'm thinking either James Cameron or Damien Chazelle. I think I'm going to go with Damien Chazelle. This is my pick. Just like, I mean, the guy did La La Land. Um, and I love kind of, I mean, I, I would call that more of a drama. He did Whiplash, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. I mean, these are I just newer dramas that I'm really I I haven't seen Babylon that came out um this year, but he's a nice young talent. I think he'll do good with just a straight drama. Uh, Zemina? Heck yeah. yeah, buddy.
1: All right. Uh, so if if you feel like this is cheating, I can adjust this. But uh, <laughs> they've been doing for their whole careers uh, a very um stressful like. I'll keep you on the edge of your seat style. I'd like to see them do full horror, see what they can do with that. I'm going to say the Safety brothers. Do you want me to pick one or can I say the Safety? No, brothers? No, they, no, They do projects
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do projects together. Give me some other ones. What do they do?
1: Uh, they oh. did Uncut Gems. And then the other one I saw of theirs was uh, Good Time with Robert Pattinson. And then they have one from the 2000s called Daddy Long Legs that I want to see really bad.
0: Shit, yeah. I still, I've been trying to see uh, good time ever since we talked about it on that one episode. It's a, it's so. a really good no, novel.
1: Shit. Is it one on anything?
3: The, uh, one of the brothers uh, co starred with uh, Pat soon, then and yeah, um, I forget what movie he was just casting.
1: Um, I think he's an Oppenheimer, yes, yes, he's yeah, he's gonna be. Oh, in-
0: how was that not in news? We totally left that out of the yeah. News I know, I can't too. Forgot that just that. slipped my mind because I was texting these guys about it the other night. That's gonna be and good. In that that chat has basically just become like movie talk, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, Oppenheimer looks amazing. That poster looks sick. All right, so
3: Jack, I think right, you have director still. I'm I'm surprised it hasn't been taken yet. Um, Denis Villeneuve.
0: Well, yeah. If I was gonna do a psychological thriller, my top, my
3: director picks were Nolan, Fincher, and him. Yeah, I was between uh, Dune and Fincher, but for the idea, I originally was going with Fincher. But what I was thinking of movie-wise, uh, I think you'll agree it definitely uh, gives a lot more Villeneuve vibes than um, Fincher. Although Fincher is all time, I mean,
0: it remains to be seen. I mean, yeah, you you and I were definitely totally on the same wavelength, which I was scary. I was scared for
3: number nine. Because-
0: did me good. All right, so it is to you for
3: your A-list
0: actor coming back the other way. First one,
3: or actress. All right, this one is... Uh, I'm sure she would have been on there later,
1: but I'm going to Amy Adams. She has a rapport with Denny Villeneuve because of Arrival. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a hell of a movie. It's yeah. my favorites. So we're we on to me for A-list actor?
2: hmm
1: I'm going to take... I'm going to take uh, another one that has a, a rapport, Robert Pattinson, uh, working with the Safety brothers again in my movie. Nice.
0: Yeah, I had the whole rapport thing down. I was going to do Killian Murphy and Nolan, but we're not. still pulling the Audible. I could pull the trigger because she's amazing.
2: Oh, Greg, you're yeah. 10 Cloverfield Lane, too. I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to start out. I'm going to wait on the girl. Let's, I'm going yeah. with Michael, Michael B. Oh, Jordan yeah. is my first one.
2: Interesting. I don't think y'all will get my A-list, who I really, really want. So I think I'm going to go with Ralph Fiennes. Oh, Ray. Right.
1: That's, a, that's a good pick. Yeah. Unbelievable. What a pick.
2: I'm just making the Harry Potter movie, actually. Just comedic. <laughs> All- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be lighthearted, though. I'm just making Harry
0: Potter, <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, i I definitely been trying to not like remake a movie that exists, that's why I adjusted one of my picks. But yeah, Ty, you're up again now,
2: yeah, coming back
0: um, with B list actor. Actors, you can take time if you want to. I just, mm.
2: y'all might have mm. to fact check me on this, but are we counting Riz Ahmed as B list? I would,
1: I think that's fair,
0: yeah. He just yeah, he hasn't done enough to be eight list at this point.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll take him.
2: I'm content. I just had a great idea
0: for where this can go. What's the guy's name? There he is. All right, I'm gonna take Michael Shannon.
2: Ooh,
3: you had to think about Michael Shannon. Hmm. Oh, I'm. I'm sad. That's that's a. <laughs> That's a pretty big guy right there. That's not. I thought you were gonna throw something out of left field.
0: No, that's um. Well, you call him B list though. He's
3: not. I mean, he's he's he's, Mike Cannon's a pretty well known, known guy.
0: He's well known, but I for me, A list right now is like top build in like top movies. He's definitely never passed like the four spot in a top movie, or he's like the lead in something smaller.
1: General Zod. I will say, I think he hasn't been the. Like number, like main person in like a series, a number of movies. He's been like the villain or a second build. That's st- I mean that is still really high though. Second, obviously. All right,
0: I can I can modify.
2: I had to Google him to be fair, but he's the guy in <laughs> Knives Out. I've realized. Yes. Okay,
3: Michael Shen's in a good bit of movies. All right, fine. This is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> B-list
0: old men.
2: <laughs> B-list old men. Wow. John Goodman. You
0: guys know where I'm going one. with this. Um, no, it's all right. What would you call D'Addario? Alexandria. b Oh, B-list.
3: Yeah, that's that's yeah. A- yeah. all right. Yeah, that's appropriate.
1: I'll take her. Um, so she's had a, a leading role. So. Feel free to tell me now if you want to, but would you consider Thomason McKenzie B list? She was uh she was in Last Night in Soho and uh Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, I would.
3: I, I don't even know if it's okay. line. just because you're a lead in a movie, it's because there's yeah, really a lot of uh people I'll still consider list even if they've let a movie movie. All right, that's um, what I'm going with then, for my pick. Okay, so then my B list, I guess same kind of uh, by I guess a logic I, um, I say John David Washington, he's uh that's uh, one of my favorite actors right now. I've been watching him since Ballers HBO, so
0: seeing him also in all the, just, all
2: his movies.
3: just for
0: the record, Michael Shannon is number one on favorite B list actors list on mm. IMDb. <laughs> you also you love IMDb way too much. I do. I, I, this is my number one.
2: Actually, wait, this,
0: this, this list is crap because on here is also Trutel Eggio for John C. Riley, Killian Murphy, and Mahershal Ali. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think
2: Mahershal Ali <laughs> counts as insane. a B lister.
0: Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. This is a crap. Tyler, what, list.
2: what did you ask? Who Greg's B list was?
0: Um, it was Alexandria Daddario.
2: That's right.
0: Then, are we? Am I on
2: to composer
3: now? So on David Washington, is my B list, Amy Adams, A list, and then uh, are we a composer or back to A list? I think Greg
1: said um, composer first.
3: Yeah, I think we should do composer. All right, well, it's pretty basic, but I'd be dumb to pass them up. I'm going Hans. Hans yeah, God. that's big. I, I have to.
1: There we go. Yeah, that's, I think that's the, like the first one. I don't want to speak for anyone else. It's certainly the first one that came to my head. Uh, But I'm going to, I might go a little, I guess this is a little left field. Uh, I'm going to pick Mark Corvin. He did the score to uh, Robert Eggers' first two movies, The Witch and The Lighthouse. And I think he did a really good job of capturing the setting of those. And I think capturing the setting of a full core movie is important, and I think he could do that really well. So I'm going to go Mark Corvin for composer. Mm, I like that.
2: That's a good show. Could oh, you imagine Someone stole him before you. Yeah, I know. That was
0: great. That'd be crap. <laughs> like out of nowhere. Yeah, Mark. Could Jack just comes out of the wings like first pick?
3: I had some um, in here in case Hans was taken. uh I don't know if you guys would have uh, would have snagged. Yeah, I mean, there's a
0: couple I could go with here obviously john williams is still on the table but i'm doing kind of i've now i was gonna do hans Zimmer with my jack same as you again i think we had the same idea of like psychological thriller that's like he's done tons of stuff like that um but now getting into this more romantic do i want to go with someone like james horner or danny elfman thomas newman's good I'm gonna you know what I have to I'm gonna take John Williams for the drama and I think he'll because he he can do anything. You could tell that guy, hey, give me this mood and he'll he'll do it. So I'm taking John Williams. Basic, but he's the GOAT.
2: Well, all right, this is not gonna be basic, but I'm going to choose for my little lighthearted comedy, Studio Ghibli's composer. I don't know if y'all are familiar with it. I think his name is Joe Hisaishi, but he also, like Sam said, is perfect at making you feel things, emotions, through just 2D drawings in all of the Studio Ghibli films. So I'm picking up this guy and I'm adding him to my team.
0: That's an unreal pick.
2: (laughs) I don't know if he's done anything live action. So I'd be interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, that's mm. that's uh that's definitely an interesting pick. <laughs> I've been listening to one of the songs from my neighbor Totoro on Repeat as well, in between Top Gun. So I'll share that with you guys after this.
1: Yeah, I it's been years since I saw that movie, but I seem to remember the music in that movie being like really, really good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've got an idea.
1: Is it background to me for A-List? Yeah, yeah I think so. All righty,
2: so, Alrighty, so- uh, got it. For the leading lady in my film, the main character, it has to be the Dame Judy Dench. Ooh, love it! She can hold her own weight, so that is who I'm walking in. You got both
3: M's in your movie.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: So I'm gonna go with good director, actor chemistry here, and I'm gonna take J.K. Simmons.
2: I oh, have a choice. I like that pick. Yeah.
0: This is a major, major chemistry pick, but it'll work what I'm trying to do.
1: So uh, for mine, I had two big thought like thought processes when I was going about it. Uh, one was, this is one of my favorite actors of all time. A lot of people trash him. I don't care. I love him. And the other is the Safdie brothers have a tendency to cast generally disliked actors and put them in incredible roles where people love them. At the time of Good Time, Robert Pattinson was not a well-liked actor. Um, Uncut Gems, it was at the peak of people kind of making fun of Adam Sandler. Uh, A lot of people like to hate on Nicolas Cage, but he is going to be my second pick for uh, A-list actors. Sam, I I have to sidebar,
3: Um, have you seen Mandy? Uh, I love Mandy. Oh, that's, that's an amazing. That's one one of my favorite Nick Cage movies ever, if not my favorite. Yeah.
0: I can't believe that. this is the first time I've introduced you to, like, Jack and Sam. Jack, you got to come on more. We can make this even, like, honestly, like a regular podcast crowd if you guys are up for it. I mean. I
3: would. You two need to talk. Like, yeah. you
0: have a lot of similar takes.
3: Yeah. No, Mandy, I mean, that is... Nick Cage... Sword—I mean, sword fighting with chainsaws I mean,
1: yeah, that seems so cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you seen Pig, Jack? That's another one, Sam. Brian. I haven't. Oh, yeah, that's okay. No, I—you I watch to... you watched that at school, right, at our
2: place? Yeah, Pig was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Rest in peace, the apartment. All, All right, time so weekend, right
3: buddy. We're back to am I? I'm doing a list and then another B. Yes. Okay, so go Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. (laughs) Dang. Man, I'm going. Yeah, I love that man. He is Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Awesome. I mean, obviously James Bond. He is my favorite James Bond. Um, It could be controversial, but um, I I think he's perfect. And then uh, for my B-list... I'm gonna go with Richard Madden.
1: I like that too, that's good. Oh, that's I've, a uh, good pick.
3: I've loved Richard Madden in Thrones. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen The Bodyguard, his miniseries, BBC miniseries. No,
0: you've been telling me to watch that. Though. Uh, I, I would uh, like
3: that. It's a great show. I mean, very <laughs> premises to the original movie with uh, Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner, but um, outside of the whole bodyguard falling in love with a uh, famous person, it very much so differs. Him in that role, um, that's awesome. So I, I think him alongside David Washington, Amy Adams, and Daniel Craig would uh, make a make a great cast.
1: Yeah, I, I like I like your cast so far. Um, this is another one where tell me if he, if it doesn't count as B list, but I was going to put uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield as my my second B list. I'd say that count. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd give that to you. Even though you kiboshed me on whatever his name is. Well, I, don't, See, I, don't I don't know. Michael no, Shannon. Shannon. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Shannon. See, he's forgettable. He's just not forgettable. His name. That's a, such a big name. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> There's no way I could get away with John Bernthal as B, right? I'd give it to you. You think?
2: Uh, Is that out of place? it's it's
0: yeah, I mean it's he's flirting with the line. The yeah, I would I would say
3: I, I would give it to you, I guess. Because
0: there are pro there's others I could pick for this.
3: Are your other ones more uh clearly in that category or
0: I'm trying to figure it out. Because, again, I audibled this plot from, like, basically doing the same movie that I can tell you're doing by your cast and your director.
3: No, I've you don't now, know what I'm doing.
0: I've I've now audibled again to a different plot as I went through.
2: I'd give you Bernthal. Yeah, I would. Mean. Okay. All right, because he's actually, like, a really good pick for this this role. All right. And then, actually, yeah, whatever, that'll work for my B-list. I'm going to pick Denai Guerrero. She played Okoye in Black Panther.
1: That's a good pick. Oh, yeah. yeah. All
0: right. Is that everybody? So. I'll tell you, boys, this was a thing. This was a thinker.
2: <laughs>
1: this
0: is a real thinker.
1: I'm probably going to have to shorten mine because I might have gone a little bit overboard.
0: I mean, yeah, especially if that that was your plan, too. I could see you having, like, full plot. Um, Jack, I think I'll let you go first, I guess, since you seem to A, be ready, and you were the first pick.
2: Jack's cast (laughs) has three strong male presences and one of the strongest female presences in movies. Yeah.
0: What? I forget who the girl was, but we'll hear it, I guess.
2: All right, so to recap,
3: a movie is a psychological crime thriller directed by Denis Villeneuve, starring Amy Adams, Daniel Craig, John David Washington, and Richard Madden, scored by Hans Zimmer. So the movie is going to be starring John David Washington. He will be the lead with uh, Richard Madden as the co-lead. of the main antagonist john david washington as the protagonist and the movie is heavily inspired by the game seven uh enemy and um even a little bit of like i said the departed and movies kind of in that realm and it's really based on a very massive revenge arc and so the movie is being told by from the perspective of john david washington's character and he, the whole idea of the movie is his life is being picked apart by Richard Madden's character, who blames John David Washington's character for the death of his wife, Amy Adams, after a case they had been working on had gone wrong. And Madden's character believed it was due to a mistake by Washington's character. And I guess from backstory, which would help a little bit, the uh, these two guys were detectives, uh, partners, and uh, a lot of this movie stems from a case they're pursuing that, as I just kind of mentioned, uh, went wrong, and Richard Madden's wife uh, was was uh, collateral for that. and uh, and throughout the movie, a lot of the movie it takes place within flashbacks to their lives together when they were partners and very close back when Amy Adams was still alive. But that aspect. and and in reality, John David Washington was not fully responsible for this and the movie really follows how Richard Madden's character descends into madness uh, because of his fuel uh, for revenge and hatred of uh, John David Washington's character and wanting so desperately to be able to have someone to blame for his wife's death. And because of this, like I said, he's picking apart John David Washington's life, but while that's happening it is also John David Washington's character is also kind of being driven uh, into a sense of different sense of madness at the same time because of all of this. So both of these characters are kind of going in a downward spiral and due to this case that neither of them, which neither of which characters were uh, responsible for. And it was just, just that, like I said, uh, Richard Madden's character is looking for an out and looking for someone to blame and Daniel Craig, his character essentially plays he almost is taking our perspective as a third party and was someone that worked with them when they were together as partners uh, and kind of like a mentor figure to the two of them and so then he's looking at a lot of this going on from the perspective of us as the third party looking out from uh from a distance and seeing all of this and caring both uh caring about them both but um and like again and again another movie that this definitely is inspired by is cape fear if any of you have seen cape fear yeah, where yeah, yeah nick nolte's character is being his life is being torn apart by um robert de niro but this in a lot of this um john david washington doesn't necessarily know it is richard madden for uh for a lot of this. And so that's just the general idea of the movie, but it's the these two characters descend into madness and kind of losing it um all because of this case that they had worked on worked on before. Damn. That's heavy. Also sounds like a movie I'd love. And I figured <laughs> I figured that would be uh Denis Villeneuve and that's in a lot of that like the game where it's inspired by the game yeah. where mm-hmm. it's not knowing what's real and not and what to believe. And s- I see seven too. Seven just just like the general um, crime relationship, yeah. Right, and it's uh, it's kind of like how that is, but the relationship was already built. It's kind of like that in right. um, reverse. It's not them becoming closer. It's um, the two of them moving far apart.
2: Sick. So, yeah. um, it sounds uh, like a movie that would be scored by Hans Zimmer too. A, yeah, a yeah. I had I had uh, a. Because I had Giacchino
3: in there as well as another person to score. Um, Even Junkie XL, I wouldn't mind him in there. Because if you want Hans Zimmer, Junkie XL is pretty much the next best thing. He worked alongside Zimmer for a bit, so that's that's my movie. It's a little, uh, I I probably probably could have told that a little more streamlined, but I'm hoping you guys got the uh, the idea. Jack, Kinda that was good spooky. though.
0: spooky. Yeah. Thank Jack, you. That was, yeah, that was cool. Anybody want to go next?
3: I want to hear Tyler's. Yeah, let's get this comedy. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, I want I want to get a
2: big change in a, it really is change in time. direction from my movie. Yeah. yeah, make make me
0: laugh, you goofy
2: bastard. <laughs> yeah, so Jack, your movie sounds great, don't get me wrong. Does it sound inaccessible to some of the lay people? Maybe, but that's okay. It still sounds like a banger. <laughs> now my movie. The, it stars Judy Dench. She's the focus of it, right? And it also includes Ralph Fiennes, Riz Ahmed, and Danai Gurira. Um, the choice for director and composer were very specific too, to achieve a certain type of movie. So the main plot is a grandma, Judy Dench, is alone um, and just lost one of her children. So she's just left with Her last child, and that's Ralphine's character, who's that's hilarious, that's so funny. But hold on, no, see, it's tragic, you hate to see it. But (laughs) while she lost her, um, one of her children, she realizes might as well pick up a hobby, right, to try to deal with these feelings of grief and stuff like that. So she picks up gardening, you know, she never tried gardening before, but she just wants to, you know, (laughs) test it out because you can totally see it, right. A, a grandma, you know, wanting to garden. So she's trying this project on her own and she's really extra putting all of her effort into it and um using that as like her tool to express herself. And in the meantime, she ends up, you know, meeting the local boy who works at the gardening store, Riz Ahmed, and they spark up a relationship as he's helping her with stuff that he knows a ton about. And it's just her trying to uh make a garden and growing vegetables and claiming something that's her own to give her some sense of purpose in her life after this happened. And so while there is a lot of heavy stuff going on, with you know, Ralph coming back to the grandma um as like the only child and helping her through this stuff and like denies character, like the the wife, who's obviously not the biological daughter, also helping her through this because she's very wise in this area. You have this story of this old lady who is just trying to do this project so she can say she's done something that could keep her mind occupied and keep her happy um, with this dude, Riz Ahmed, who just seems like would never interact with her in general. So I chose Sean Hader as the director because she did a fantastic job in CODA at getting the like family feel and keeping all of the subtle emotions um, that you feel with uh, like a family dynamic when it comes to serious stuff but also having like physical humor in it or also having like lighter moments so that would help a lot with the more like light comedy aspect of it while not discrediting how intense like the grief and stuff like that is and then the composer Ghibli's boy um, does such a fantastic job at getting you to feel things that you didn't think you could feel like kind of taking you on a journey in and of itself so I think that would really help the movie um help the audience feel whatever they're trying to you know make them feel so you know some heavy stuff but the point is just to look at how uh, like funny this situation can be and like making the most of it
0: yeah that it kind of reminds me of like a darker comedy like it's like light but it's like got some stuff to it like almost, yeah. have you ever seen this is where i leave you it's like the siblings no. i was like one of adam driver's first like earlier movies um the dad dies it's like the funeral they're all at the funeral and all these siblings that are finally coming back together for it Mm.
1: it's fine it's
0: it's 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 hilarious it's it's a different vibe than what you were just talking about but it's a similar mood i feel like
3: your director choice makes a a whole lot more sense now too uh with that uh because i was expecting you to have more of a straightforward comedy and not uh oh like like yours is this is your sound is a lot more like a uh Something that's, like, actually could be, like, in an awards category and not, uh, not like a yeah. uh, just...
0: Not like the girl who did also. Coda doing Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, or
2: Wedding crashes, yeah, exactly. Dude,
0: no, that's, that's what, what I what I, w- I want to see those, though. That's what I was expecting, was, like, <laughs> that director that did Coda just ripping us, like, Harry and Lloyd.
3: <laughs> it's like directing a scene of a guy farting into a lighter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Greg, do All you right. want to do you want to go? No,
0: I'll let you, I'll let you go next.
1: Let me to go. Okay. Yeah. So, just to uh, quick quick recap, my movie is a folk horror directed by the Safty brothers, starring Nicolas Cage, Robert Pattinson, Lakeith Stanfield, and Thomasin McKenzie, and is scored by Mark Corvin. So, the idea initially came from I think there's a lot of Appalachian uh, horror movies but I think a lot of them make the people of Appalachia the, you know, scary thing, which is a, a little bit offensive. But I think it would be cool to have a horror movie that is backed by that kind of beautiful, interesting backdrop where it's not like, um, you know, inbred like mutants being the villains. So it starts in an Appalachian town. We're following Thomas and McKenzie and Robert Pattinson, who are playing siblings uh, and for now, Robert Pattinson is the main character. He's who, who we're following. Uh, and he's an older brother. He's a professor at a university. And she, because of some, I don't know, some tragedy has to come live with him or whatever. And so they're in the town and then people, Oh, people start like murdering each other, just in the street, people who would know each other, their friends or whatever, start killing each other. So they escape to the woods. And at the same time that people started killing each other, she started hearing a voice in her head that was telling her what to do and kind of guiding her to survive. So uh, by following that voice in her head, they find a group of people, uh, which includes Lakeith Stanfield and Nicolas Cage. Uh, But they quickly find out that the woods are also not safe because there's a big like monster lurking around. And for now, we don't know what it looks like. But we can tell that it's very large and has like massive, uh, like unnatural deer antlers. So it, the Robert Pattinson immediately kind of becomes a leader of the group. He's he's charismatic and he has a, a voice and he starts to lead them and everyone trusts him. And when they wake up from sleeping, Robert Pattinson's dead. He's been, it appears to be ritualistically sacrificed where he's it's pretty you know gruesome and gross and grody but notably he has deer antlers stuck into his head so immediately the group collapses and this is where it gets to be like where i think the safety brothers are going to do it really well because no one trusts anyone and it's like kind of like a full core version of the thing where everyone's accusing everyone whatever and the group immediately gangs up on Nicholas Cage's character, because he's kind of a, uh, you know, gruff, Appalachian old guy, and he's not very likable. So everyone immediately assumes he, he something, you know, something's wrong with him. Think, yeah. uh, and Thomas and Mackenzie convinces them not to, like, kill him. She, like, has to talk everyone down, uh, and they eventually do, but the mistrust is still there. And they keep waking up, and more people will be picked off one by one, all killed in the same way. Um, she starts to confide in Lakeith Stanfield's character because they're both outsiders. They're both from out of town. And so they, you know, they're the only ones who tell each other their names. Everyone else refuses to give their names. And they start to kind of, maybe it's a romance. You you know, we don't really know so far. Um, twist, t- twist time. Uh, it's discovered, Lakeith Stanfield's character is the one who's killing people because he tries to kill Thomas and Mackenzie when she's in her sleep. And Nicholas Cage, you know, he, he, he helps her. And then in helping her, Lakeith Stanfield kills Nicholas Cage and she fights back and has the chance to kill Laquite Stanfield, but she spares him. She lets him go. And as he's walking away, like his nose starts bleeding and he just dies. And out from the woods comes the, big monster. It's like a bear is what I imagine. It's like a big bear with no face, gray fur and giant antlers. And the bear starts speaking to her in her head. The monster was the voice who had been guiding her and helping her like survive. All of them had the voice in their head, everyone in the group. They were the ones who were like, it was chosen by this thing for them to survive. And it was kind of a test. And so it's like a, like a Lovecraftian outer God, omnipotent outer God. And it's talking to her about how it was a test of their will. And the reason Lakeith Stanfield started killing them was because he figured out that the voice in his head was coming from that monster. So he was making sacrifices to try to appease it, but the monster killed him because that's not what it wanted. It was trying to see who would be good for the next evolution of humans or whatever, and um, so it implies... shit! (laughs) It implies that there are hundreds of groups around the world just like theirs that are these experiments being tested on whether they have the will to survive, and he gives her one, or it, gives her uh, a choice of would you like to die or would you like to become part of the new era of humans, and it ends before she chooses. You don't find out.
0: I had a feeling you're gonna end it like that with some like up in the air thing. It's very your speed. No, um, that sounds awesome.
3: I uh, I guess as interesting as a choice the Sapti Brothers is for that, all I could think about though is how that movie would turn out with uh, Ari Aster.
1: Yeah, I I didn't pick Ari Aster because he's done, uh, full core before with Midsummer. Right. And I want to do someone like try something new but yeah right i kind of had Ari aster's movies in mind when i was thinking of the plot yeah definitely
3: i could definitely tell that inspiration but it's like i feel like the safety brothers have established themselves enough now like it isn't nearly as risky to throw them into something like that yeah i'd be really interested to see what, what the plot.
0: i did not realize we were doing like full plots either i gotta like think of some details but yeah that was really good i would definitely see that
2: tyler you're like a big how-
0: midsummer fan how'd that catch your ear
2: Ah, uh, that sounds sick. <laughs> the end, the end leaves it so that there's definitely series potential, and yeah. in my opinion, I mean, I love unsatisfying endings. So I would have loved if she just decided, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to play by your game, and just you know, outed herself. But yeah, the twist was sick, and the reasoning yeah. behind it. So.
0: All right, I'm have a much simpler. Pl- also, just sidebar before i start this i said this was a total derail it's also gonna be a total chick flick 100 percent. and well, maybe not this could be for everybody but before the thing i was going for was a schizophrenic like insane asylum thing with killian murphy and nolan was the the original plan so keep that in your mind when i when you hear what we so begin. so a uh,
3: batman begins uh spinoff
0: no 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 no, no.
3: What scarecrow? Yeah,
0: he's not. No, no, he was gonna I, be like a patient. Well, I guess he is a he's still. He was a uh, patient,
2: but yeah, he, he was a for like.
0: Nolan. It's much more not like superhero know, yeah. and villain stuff. Yeah, I think more like Shutter Island. Actually, is what I was gonna be inspiring inspir- inspiring
3: off of. Oh, that's a that's that's a not too bad of a movie to take inspiration from. Exactly,
0: but we've switched gears entirely because of the the genre selection. So I have a drama, directed by Damien Chazelle. Um, starring Alexandria Daddario, Michael B. Jordan, J.K. Simmons, and John Bernthal composed by John Williams. So this is going to be a little bit darker for Chazelle and for John Williams, although he did score if you remember Schindler's List, which is kind of why I actually went with him. Um, it's our two main characters are Daddario and MBJ, and they're both it's set like modern day, I guess it's, they've both been afflicted by the heroin like epidemic. So they have a real bad drug problem and they're in rehab. And we start in this like rehab facility. This is really meet each other. They're both like super loners. They're like, they look terrible. I mean, and then they start like building this bond as we progress a little bit. And as their relationship, like, they're messed up beyond belief, right? But like, as their relationship grows and like, we get deeper into the movie, we start getting like flashbacks that they actually knew each other before this. In high school, like they were both very much similar kind of thing. Like they were, and like, you would have to, I think have different actors because they're both now like 35 and 36. Like different actors for just like a few flashback scenes to show like who they were then. And then we flashback through other points in their life that where they, they were not like together per se ever. They just knew each other and were friendly. And she had like a really bad boyfriend. This is John Bernthal. He's like a total dick. He was abusive. It's kind of what pushed her to drugs. And he still comes into the picture as we come in and out of this rehab facility later in the movie. So like we're in the rehab facility for a bulk of this movie. We get some flashbacks and when things do take, you know, like dramas always have like that kind of an upturn before they turn down and then finish. If they turn down unless they stay up, it's kind of like they're getting rehabilitated. They exit and she has like a relapse because she's back with John Bernthal after you think her and Michael B. Jordan are going to like kind of do this like codependency thing. That's like a little bit toxic through the whole movie, but you're like rooting for it at the same time. You have that dynamic and then him like fighting with John Bernthal about abusing her and stuff like this. And the whole time they're in the rehab facility, the person they both go to and they both talk to and confide in about each other and their issues with drugs is J.K. Simmons, who is this like older, gruff guy. I mean, he's like been doing this a long time. He's seen a lot of bad cases. He is not afraid to give like tough love, like think his role in Whiplash and maybe even like more comically like Spider-Man, like being just a little more like angry, but also like totally endearing and totally like supportive he's kind of doing a duality of that based on the situation and what they're talking about and so finally john bernthal pulls one last after like her relapse and everything she went back in and he like tried to break into the facility and it was like not good and the movie just ends with her like some time passes after like this whole incident and it's like six months later whatever michael b jordan who remained healthy through all this but like really you see him struggle and like like very visibly like almost lose himself too he goes to like pick her up from the rehab facility and you don't know like if they work if they don't work if they're just gonna like but he is like just there to support her and that's that's the movie
3: I don't know anything total, i don't know if that's a total chick flick i mean i don't know if
2: i'm putting that on in my uh pjs with popcorn <laughs> honestly yeah i don't know
0: it's a little heavy i guess okay it is a little heavy to be a chick flick i get to call it a chick flick yeah, where it's not no, like, that's super, not a, happy
3: that's not post date going up for coffee uh movie you put on right there that's true all right that's fair i actually feel better <laughs> about that then
0: i was worried that's... i was gonna make it too sappy but I guess the fact that it's all set in like a heavy
3: context does help. Like, it. I was going to say, I got like a little bit of just tone wise, like silver linings playbook type stuff. And that is far from, I don't consider silver linings. True. Yeah.
0: True. yeah. It's, it's like, kind I of along that tone. Like, it's even like, I, I'd say a little bit darker than that.
3: Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is even though silver linings playbook is a romance, it's not like, it's not hitch or the proposal and stuff like that. It's like, so different it's uh it's like much more at the heart just like a very serious movie and yeah, that's yeah. your your sound your, it sounded uh similar to that so yeah i wouldn't like, would, watching yeah.
0: them watching those two act as like intense drug addicts i feel like would be really compelling like after watching mm-hmm. zendaya and euphoria picture like like the basically male and female version of that like in rehab like, right and that is yeah, totally like, broken i'm yeah. just glad they're not method actors
2: yeah. Not being Jesus. Yeah, dude. Don't, <laughs> well, yeah, don't don't cast Tyler. Daniel
3: Day Lewis in that. All
0: right. <laughs> yeah, no, but that I think J.K. Simmons would crush it too in like a therapist role. You know, I'm surprised
3: none of us, uh, none of us picked Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, Mr. Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> the the goat, in my opinion.
2: Oh, he could have been the son. I should have picked him. <laughs> you should. Well, I was trying. I was thinking for the longest time. Judy Dench is 87. What age should I pick a prominent actor who could realistically be her son? A middle aged Tyler. Oh, not to not to uh, correct you, but is,
3: his name isn't Ralph. It's it Isn't he prona- I pronounce it? He pronounces Rafe.
2: Ah, yeah. See, that says you how much I know about that.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, cool. I think, so what I'm going to do, though, just text me, like, your, again, we went through, like, deeper plots on here that I was not even planning on going through. Text me, like, what would be your, like, wiki synopsis. I'm going to shoot these onto the Instagram and have people vote on, mm-hmm. um, like, what, what what plot they would see first. Sounds good. So, or something like that. I don't know.
2: And then you have to record a short skit that summarizes the movie. No. <laughs> Hell no, Tyler. If we Tyler, if we do that, can
3: you play Amy Adams for me? <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, who's
0: who's gonna be saying, "Oh, Tyler, with your lighting, use you a bear antler monster." What is I going on over there, say, man? You're I in, say, a, I cave.
2: Tapes, dude, You're in God, a cave. You're in a cave. Ten pixels. It's dark out, dude. dude Where are, like are you sitting? In my uh, room.
3: Greg, you know who would have been a good B list for years, though. Uh, I'm i kind of wanted to use them for mine if i if i had a third one uh dev patel
0: yeah well this no no, no. this plot did not start as this like whenever i was just drafting people right, and i was right. figuring out
3: plot after i <laughs> would honestly dev patel might even be a good like interchangeable guy for michael b jordan and yours yeah uh, michael b jordan is you can't you can't really ever go wrong that dude's a great actor so it's like it's not like it's gonna be bad yeah I just thought
0: he could do like a lot of the, the trauma of like, drugs
3: the best. Right. And then I this is these are two people I wanted to say. Uh, I had my dark horse director and dark dark horse B list, Joel Egerton, dark horse director. Sam might be the only one that has seen Joel Egerton directed movies.
1: Here, did, yeah. but, did he uh, the, do the the gift right? The yeah, gift. I watched yeah. that. Oh, Have I watched that it? with you.
3: We watched did it at your you? house. Wow, oh, I didn't realize you watched that with me. <laughs> it's a great movie. And then uh, Lady Gaga, D-list. Yeah, that's good. I mean, her, she's gonna be Harley Quinn, and honestly, I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched about that casting.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was a little worried someone would pick Robert Pattinson. So my idea was, if Robert Pattinson got picked, do Andrew Garfield instead of him, and then uh... also Audible. Uh Willem Dafoe for Nicolas Cage. Well, Sam,
3: I love Pattinson and I was thinking of that as well, but then I also but I wanted John David Washington more. It's like I don't mm-hmm. recast Tenet. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I didn't do that. But uh for and also a composer, I'm surprised. This one, uh, depending on the tone of the movie, uh Raman Jawadi or however oh, you pronounce yeah. his name, the Thrones uh composer, that guy's pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, Game of Thrones that would be really good. Yeah, I was about um, to
2: go full claymation Wes Anderson and make it a banger, and then part of me was gonna go musical with Selena Gomez as a list, and then Dominic Fike or Harry Styles as B list.
0: I'm gonna close this out because okay. we're getting a little long here. <laughs> That's it for the draft. Um, go on our Instagram. It's not the final cut. Just right there on Instagram and vote on which movie uh, you would see, I guess, out of those four. Uh, it was good having you on, guys, though. Uh, I definitely want to have you two on again. This is a good for some to, like, bounce stuff off of, I think. Sam, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. It's Keepers. This was fun. Keepers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good.
0: But, all right, we'll see you guys next time.
2: Yeah, see y'all later. <laughs>